Hello and welcome to The Home Building Hero, where we help you become the hero of your new home by providing you all the information that you need. No matter if you're building, buying, or designing your next project, we got you covered here at The Home Building Hero. Today we have a special guest in studio. I have Joel Fleischman from Drexel Building Supply. Hey Joel, how you doing? Good, how you doing dude? Thank you for coming on to The Home Building Hero. Oh, today. thanks for having us, man. This is cool. Yeah. I'm having fun already. Awesome. And I know you do a podcast as well. So. I do. It's called The Joel Flat. Thank you for, yep. the, pro- for the shout out. Uh, Joel Fleischman Happy Hour, uh, right. primarily on YouTube right now, but we do use all formats. So Joel Fleischman's Happy Hour, uh, come out with weekly industry news and all different sorts of things. So Fantastic. So today we're going to talk a little bit about, uh, you're really excited about offsite construction and some different options that are available there. I want to talk a little bit about the lumber industry. Uh, but before we get into all that, uh, let's just go over a little bit about who Joel is. So tell me a little bit about yourself and your background. Uh, 46 years old. I started in the lumber industry when I was about 10 years old. I made a dollar an hour. Uh, wow. My dad started the company in 1985 as Campbell Sport Building Supply. Yep. Um, I was born and raised here in the lumber industry, so I've been doing it for 30 years. But I do have an English degree, and I really hoped when I grew up I was going to be an English teacher after wow. my MBA career finished, and uh, and coach basketball. So I, I kind of have a diverse background. That yeah, I'm that's not okay. Totally like a lumberyard dude. Yeah. Uh, I do have an English background, and I, I enjoy reading and, and all sorts of different teaching philosophies. So that's fantastic. Well, you know, it it's it's interesting. Obviously, we need more people in the industry and in the trade. So uh, it's obviously been a good. Good pathway for you. Maybe I don't know how much you use the English degree every day at work, but uh, yeah, um, you know. Well, I think the biggest thing is just from reading. I mean, we, I mean, our whole company is just built around culture uh, and just the people that we have. And I know everyone says they have good people, but we're just obsessed with our culture. And it's been really good to study that and explore that almost as a, a major in itself. So that's yeah. what we do. Absolutely, that's super important. I know we're big on that as well. And you know, a team is everything. So if you got Absolutely. a good group of people, it really makes things. A lot easier and it's always fun to come into work when you have good people. Great way to say it. So uh, we kind of talked a little bit about how you got started in the industry. You worked for your dad. It's similar to my story a little bit. Um, I guess quick question for you is like what do you wish you had known when you first started out? That that if you would have known that now you would have done things differently. You know not a lot really. I mean I, I think maybe if anything uh, it probably took me a while to understand to have a mission and to have a culture and to have core values, that probably took me till I was 30, 35. I wish we had done that earlier. Sure. Um, you know, our mission is to supply happiness and that just drives me every single day. And without a true mission statement that you live by, uh, a purpose statement, I, I wish I knew the purpose sooner of our company now that we have our mission of supply happiness and we embrace that. Um, I think that's what anybody that I would coach, even as a very, very small business, you don't think you need core values. Um, and we didn't think we needed them for a long time. Um, maybe recently, I would say I wish I would have known, don't live on emails and have really effective meetings. I'm really obsessed with that in the last 30, 60 days. Or maybe with the quarantine, maybe it's the COVID, but uh, we are, there's too many emails going around our industry uh, in our company too. And then you know have a meeting, but have it effective. Do you have an yep. agenda? Because everything, honestly, all the good stuff, everyone hates meetings, yep. but you have to have meetings because that's where all the good happens. Yep. How do you well, change your company? How are you tactical? How are you strategic? Yeah, you? I, 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 do, I believe in that too. I mean, we have, a, we have a, a monthly meeting that we always do and there's culture as a focus of it, but it's also just kind of let's get everybody on the same page. Yep. And it's the one time where I have every single person in the same room. And what I love about the meetings is that you know, we, we have an agenda as well, but what we do is like everybody's like talking with each other afterwards. Like, hey, I needed to talk to you about this anyway. And it's like, that's the stuff that more more things happen, in my opinion, is those little 
hallway conversations after the meeting where, hey, you know, everybody's together and hey, we can iron this out really quick. Yep, I agree. And, I agree. It's that connection value. piece. It's yeah. not our core values connection. That's that connection piece that sometimes we miss when we're all just running too fast. Oh, and especially sure. missed it on emails, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, I just got an email this morning and it's just like, oh boy, uh, one of our people contacted a customer and the email, you can read it a hundred different ways. Oh, sure. And they read it the wrong way, I think. Yeah. But I don't blame them. Yeah. Pick up the phone, talk, let's get through this. So. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's amazing. Yeah. I think there's, I've seen that too with email where people are, you know, hiding behind it or, you know, yeah, you type something and you mean it one way, but it, it comes out a little differently. Uh, and sometimes it's best just to get on the phone with somebody and, and or get in face to face. It's hard to do that these days, but yeah, I think sometimes I think they're closing the subject by sending an email and CCing seven people, and they're actually opening up a can of worms. So now you're 30 emails deep. You're four hours into your emails. They keep coming in. It's getting more convoluted. It's not tied out yet. When you could have just picked up the phone and saved hours of emails. They don't understand how every email is five minutes. Yeah. So they send an email, open-ended questions. You see that, I'm sure, in your industry. Hey, we got questions here, whatever, and I cc everybody. Nobody knows who to respond, who takes the monkey, who controls it. Yep. So, you know, now we're using Zooms and, and Google Meet so effectively. Just set up a quick meeting. It's five minutes, and yep. everybody sleeps good at night. Yeah, and that's amazing, the shift with COVID on onto, you know, digital meetings and platforms, and, and, and it's been been good. It's, it's the, the challenge is the burnout of it because you can – when I've had meetings before and you go physically to the meeting, you know, you have that 10 minute or half an hour car ride where you can kind of reset or plan out what you're going to do next. And also it's like, oh no, I got to jump on another Zoom call. Um, and it's like, oh, there's, you're just like flying from one piece to the next. Yep. No, there's a balance of both, right? Yeah. No, you got to leave gaps in the schedules because you can't just fly. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah I get that totally. Don't overbook. So uh, shifting gears a little bit, obviously you work for Drexel Building Supply, and uh, you know, one of the big things that's happened with you guys uh, recently is you acquired or, or partnered with Blinker Building System, and I know you're really getting into panelization, offsite construction. Let's uh, let's hear a little bit more about uh, why you went that direction and why you're excited about it. Well, that's great. I, I you know I sold what they call stick framed, which is basically loose items, estimated, shipped to site. Uh, and I think we're at a tipping point in our industry that we need to shift the way we build. It hasn't changed at all in my lifetime. I mean, we've added iJoist, I think, right? Yep. I mean, you're literally building it the same way. I say the same way Jesus built it, which might be an exaggeration, but only slightly. <laughs> yeah. Okay? Yeah, um, I don't think Jesus used a, like, a, a, a pneumatic <laughs> hammer and things like that. <laughs> right, well, I'm holding up. I remember, I remember when the guys with hammers claim they could build faster than with oh, yeah. framing. We had a framer up until a few years ago that he was still swung a regular yeah, hammer and, and could use the nail gun. And swore to it. And I think yeah. we're the same way. I think we're, but within five years that shifted. Yes. And I think we're at that shifting point with offsite construction right now. I mean, if you think about some fundamentally goofed up things, it's literally like right now you buy a car. And, and again, we're, I know you are as a company, most of our customers are frame construction. So this isn't slamming it. Right? We still love it and understand it. But it's literally like buying a car and they're like, okay, well, I'm going to deliver it to your garage in pieces and then put it together in strange conditions. Yeah. Right? And then it's going to, so like, let's like all the negatives, right? So what we're going to do, you're going to build a house. The first thing we're going to do is send you a bunch of lumber. The first thing we're going to do is we're going to buy a dumpster. We're going to fill that dumpster full of materials that you just bought that were perfectly done. Yeah. Six months ago it was a tree, but we're going to fill it up into the dumpster. That's the first thing we're going to do. Now it's going to take... Couple weeks, two, three, to get this thing up. Yep. Quality control, yes, framers do a, a wonderful job, but it is on site. So who, you know, you know. So there's a bunch of things. There also there's things we can do in a factory with robots that you cannot do and mimic in the field. 
There's valued engineered items. Can you use LSL studs for three feet? Can you use a different header set? Well, in the field, you can't think that tight about every little wall. Sure. Yeah. You can design and build that. You can control those costs. And then we're really working on a, what we call full boat, which is like a, a, what I call full boat, which is really, that's what they call a, a full house in poker. Okay. So to me, yep. that if you're going to do it, it has to be pre-built stairs, pre-built floors, pre-built walls, the windows and doors are installed, you put the trusses on, you put the roof on. We can do that on most homes in three to four days. That's awesome. And literally turn that over to the builder to go on to the next set. This is not taking a work away from the framers. This is sure. actually adding work for the framers so we can just build more homes, right? We have a labor yep. shortage. Oh, yeah. This also solves... I've been so frustrated as a lumberyard person talking to most builders. We have a labor shortage. And I go, great. Here's the old school estimate. I'm going to have a guy sit down and do an estimate on a takeoff. Yeah. Then give it to you. It also takes six pieces of software for us to deliver you a house. I have a trust software. I have iJoy software, I have estimating software, I have window software. So we have to combine all that in offsite construction. Yes. I can only need four or five, but. Um, yeah, and anytime you try to do tall wall. systems also tall wall. Yeah. Yeah. So, so then on the field, we have a guy in the field putting tall wall together. Right, so a tall wall is a, an advanced wall system for bracing and, and windy efficiency. Exactly, if you're over you know, 10 feet or whatever. Right, so somebody has to design that. Somebody has to then order and quantify that materials. Then it has to ship to the, the framer. Then the framer has to understand that I can just literally build that in the factory with the engineers and design team through my tech on staff. A builder shouldn't have to worry about that. Like a framer right, shouldn't have to worry about that. That should just be preset and wonderfully done, and it actually drives the cost way down. So there's a cost component of that, too, where the cost shouldn't be elevated. It really should be the same. Right now, we're coming in 5 or 10% more. But as a builder, you can build more homes. And as a consumer, I think you get a better house. Sure. Because uh, I do think it's engineers better, it's quicker, it's finished quicker, and, and you're in quicker. You can really still Yeah, I mean, schedule. There's, there's definitely an argument either way. I mean, obviously, we're still a stick-build company yeah. ourselves. So how would you sell against that? Well, I, I like this stuff. Okay, this yeah, great. no, this is great. So, I mean, obviously your advantage is, you know, you're, you're building it in a controlled environment. And I still sell 95% yeah. stick frame for everybody knowing I love it. <laughs> yeah, you still do that. Yeah, yeah someone wants to buy a stick house, you yeah, still Please, it. yes. Uh, but, no, so uh, obviously the advantage is you, you do it in a controlled environment. My, my counter argument is, like, we live in Wisconsin. You know how the roads are here. You know, when you have all these panelized products, what do they do? They put them on the back of a truck, and you drive them across the roads. And they bounce around, things get out of plumb, they get to the site. Now the, the framer's got to kind of adjust it, beat it back into square a little bit. Um, I've also seen some panelized homes where if the builder isn't really doing a really good job, you know, I've seen gaps or I've seen jogs in the wall. Um, I had one home that uh, we built, uh, stick built next to a, a panelized house and they, they messed up a few things and there was like a gap between like the garage, um, you know, floor, the garage wall and the house and they had to like, sh you know, fill in and shim the gaps and stuff like that. So there was some stuff there where I was like, yeah, we can get it a lot tighter uh, on the field when we're, we're kind of custom making it on site. Great, great, great counterpoint to that. And that's exactly why we bought Blinker. Because there's things that maybe those kind of companies didn't see in the field or appreciate. So sure. we actually have went to certified installers. Our, certifi our installers, we just don't send it out there and hope the framers like it. Right, because these are stick-built framers. They have to be retrained, and they have to make more money. It is all Absolutely. about profit for every trade. Everybody's got to make money, or it's not going to work. So we have to teach these guys, and we have three different gentlemen that we have in the field, helping them and assisting them, especially in the first three to five to ten projects, um, and, and until they're totally certified on our team. It's no different than flooring. You can't just have any flooring installer put in any product. So that I think is, has been the real problem. I mean. Offsite construction has been around since the 1970s. I think the gap has always been 
the team building it versus the team putting it together. Again, even if, even if something would get crooked, think about it though, right? As a builder, we control the, the labor as Drexel and we control the product. So as long as we get that out there, and let's say if it even is a little wrapped, that's our liability. We fix that and we own that. That's not a project sure. manager punch list. Yeah. That's under our realm. So again, it's taking that umbrella on there and pushing that and taking that full control of that. Yeah. Not that saying, well, that's how that didn't come together. Well, I think you know, for a lot of production builders, that's obviously that method is very appealing because one, they want to get these things up very quickly. They want to get them finished and turned around faster. Um, the longer you sit and hold something, the more you know. Uh, more costs you're incurring, interest and whatnot. So the faster turn time is good. Um, and I think, you know, if they can take some stuff off their plate and just focus on, okay, we're, we're just going to focus on the next couple projects versus, you know, I, I think we're, we're in kind of a weird, like semi-custom bubble that we do where it's like, okay, uh, we got real micro changes that customers want to make and we want to have it more about the building experience. So they're okay with it taking a little longer because they, they want to see it kind of go up and they want to be a part of that. But I think on the production end, like what you're doing makes a lot of sense. Right. Yeah, I, I would disagree. I think if I'm a homeowner, I want to see my house go up really fast. And I want to see it look beautiful. Sure. And I don't think, I think there's some more planning. Like, yeah, you can't move your window three inches, but really we don't do that much anyway. Sure. I mean, people want to say that's the house I want to get. And if we can take it literally from the foundation all the way to the rooftop in four days and they're sealed up, they haven't, let's say they worked all week and Monday it wasn't started and Friday they come over and it's literally got the sheathing on the roof. I think homeowners would geek out. I mean, everything in our life right now is speed, right? Sure. Amazon, whatever, everything's speed, restaurant experiences, whatever. I don't think they really want two to three weeks to literally bang it up. I think that's our old school mythology, but I think literally if I could take two homes next to each other, and in fact, I don't think it's, I think a, most of this can actually be for the smallest builders. Um, and all builders, but really think of a guy that builds. I haven't had a builder that's got too much free time. Yeah. <laughs> so again, if I can take that off their plate, help them out, get them onto the next trade, uh, be the project manager for a guy like you that does, you know, 20 to 40 houses a year or 30 to 40 uh, to a production builder, but even to a guy that does one or two homes a year, if I can say in four days, I can turn this back over to you and you can just get into the siding and the roofing product of it and then get into your drywall and, and trades and subcontractors. Um, you know, the plumbing electricity. I, I can't imagine a builder wouldn't be like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense because it is about saving all builders' time. So Absolutely. they can actually build either more homes or finally go fishing or not pay the bills at nine o'clock at night like a lot of guys do. Yeah, there you go. That makes a lot of sense. You know, and I think uh, it's it's definitely the labor shortage thing alone is, is a strong argument for it. We can't deny that. Trying to get people to work outside um, all day um, and frame and, and be in the environment. Uh, we live in Wisconsin. It's not perfect every day uh, outside. Um, there's some really beautiful days, but there's some awful days too. And it's it's tough work and it's hard to recruit guys to do that all the time. Yeah, no, and, and even down to liability and, and ownership of the product. You know, if we put the windows in the walls and doors in the walls, if that would leak, if there'd be air infiltration, we installed it at the factory. Then we assembled it on site. I mean, that's on us. Sure. 100% totally. Yeah. So, and again, what's the quality controls? Yeah, it's 10 below on January. Maybe that guy didn't put that in window correct. Much easier to mimic a certified window installer in our factory. Repetitive over and over again versus, and I, and I love all our stick guys. I'm not saying they would ever chintz on that. But yeah, your fingers are really frozen and it's in the second story and it's Friday at three o'clock. There's a good chance that window might be a little racked or maybe the shim wasn't quite right. So we'll take sure. full ownership of that. That makes so sense. It's, 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 an, it's 
what I believe the future is and what Drexel's really investing in down the road. Yeah, that's a good 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 pathway to go. And uh, I want to shift gears just a moment. Yeah, and, for sure. you know, Drexel does more than just, uh, you know, lumber and uh, panelizing. So uh, what are some other things that you guys offer to your clients from a product standpoint? Right, we're pretty diverse that way. Uh, we have, we sell mainly to pro contractors. So about 98% of our sales go to guys that are, guys and girls that are doing this. Um, we have flooring, we have cabinetry, we have millwork, siding, shingles, windows, um, millwork, I think I said already, and lumber. So uh, really pretty much anything that a tradesman would want, we can do. That's fantastic. You guys got a huge showroom um, and you know it's, it's a beautiful showroom. You got tons of product there, so it's a great place to get ideas. And... Yeah, and we're building a new location in New Berlin. Oh, uh, wow. Scrape ground on that uh, on coffee in Calhoun. We've been scraping ground on that for a few weeks. Uh, that should be that will be opening in 2021, and that will have the full arrangement of uh, building products. I believe it's the first uh, building company built in the Milwaukee area in over 50 years. Wow, I could that's be wrong. I news, apologize yeah. if I'm wrong, but uh, that yeah, that's been very very exciting. Yeah, so that's going to be a 10 acre parcel. Uh, we really think it's going to be uh, awesome to have all those products down here locally. Oh, fantastic! Maybe. Hey. Delivering new news here. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, we go. Breaking. yeah. so uh, someone wants to uh, find out more about Drexel, where do they go? Just go to our website, drexelteam.com, uh, learn everything about that, or they can, uh, I have a blog, joelfleischman.com, if they want to check that out. We're available on all the social media, so it shouldn't be too hard to figure us out. Okay, and uh, is there something that uh, I didn't ask that you want to talk about real quick? Anything else? Oh I man, missed? I could do this all day. No, I'm really good. No, thank you. That's a great question. Okay, well, fantastic. Well, Joel, I want to thank you so much for joining the Home Building Hero today. And uh, if you've enjoyed this episode, and if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe wherever you're listening to podcasts. Just hit the subscribe button, and you'll get uh, notified of all new episodes of the Home Building Hero. And if you want to engage with us, you can email us homebuildinghero at yahoo.com. Once again, thank you so much, Joel, from Drexel Building Supply. We appreciate it. Hey, from the bottom of my heart, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Thank you, Joel. Have a good one. Yeah, thanks. All right.